0: hey welcome in welcome in it is the Ono oh disc golf podcast here again it's your boy it's kyle kp the hat any nickname you'd like to give me it's here but it's kyle eric's here with me and this is episode 29 29 holy cow where has the time gone where have the episodes gone eric what do you have to say today
1: Throw out all of your workhorse mid ranges and buy Emac Truths. Yeah! <laughs> Get rid of your buzzes. Get rid of your MD3s. Get rid of your reactors. I know you just bought that new pretty hex. Get rid of that too. Trade them all in for Emac Truths. They have new, I think they're Opto X or hybrid Emac Truths. For uh, the tour series, they look very pretty. Chef's kiss. That sounds necessary. I haven't even seen those. They're so pretty. I got the wardens, and then I just didn't even think about buying EMAC truths because the two I have right now fit so perfect with the perfectly with each other. Gotcha. I don't even need it. Yeah, but you need it. Shout out to Will Disc Golf for the idea for that one.
0: Yeah, I, I got him onto EMAC Truths. So I got my friend Garrett onto them. I'm trying to get my other friend Cody onto them. It's going to be a whole bunch of people throwing all EMAC Truths. They're the best. We actually went to a, a little park near where we were playing the other day. We played Farringer, and there was just like a nine hole nearby it. And we did a EMAC only
1: round. Pretty fun. Is that only EMAC Truths or EMAC Truths and EMAC Judges?
0: Emac truths only, so just you only got one, so it was like a one disc challenge. Gotcha. So I couldn't have like
1: you know my four truths or whatever. One's good enough though. Yeah. As long as you got that perfect one.
0: I still shot three down. I think or four down, like it was still good. It, but a lot, of, I, I did putt with the truth for quite a while too, and reminded me of all the chain outs that I had, like strong side chains and just pops out. It's like, oof.
1: That's why I use a putter. Don't putt with Emac Truce. But if you have yeah. to, you can. They're
0: not that bad. <laughs> like, really. Like, after, like, three or four holes, it's like, okay, well, now I get it. Like, but, yeah, it's not not the easiest thing to putt with. Anyway, I agree with you. Emac Truce for the win. Frick your buzzes. I Dude, one, one quick thing, though. I actually did pull out my buzz. And threw it in the trash. No, I threw it. And it, it it's a turnover machine because I didn't realize how beat in that thing is. I hit a lot of trees with that guy when I was younger. So, yeah, it's uh
1: so flippy. Belongs in the trash. Probably, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't throw him out. If anything, send him to Trash Panda and maybe he'll cut him up and ter- make his own discs or something. I don't know. Anyway... Welcome to episode 29. We have a wonderful episode for you guys today. We're going to bullshit about some disc golf stuff like normal. We're going to talk a lot about Ledgestone and the PDGA Master World Championships. And our top five today is our top five get out of jail free card discs. So all the discs that after the oh no moment we use to save Par or Save Birdie.
0: If you can't get enough of us here, check us out on all of the social medias. Linktree has all of the links to all of these. We also have an Instagram, a Facebook, a Twitter, a TikTok, YouTube, and a Patreon. Head on over to our Teespring store, tspring.com backslash stores, backslash oh no disc golf, and use the code ONO to get free shipping on any of our wonderful merch that we put some work into. Or you can head on over to starframediscs.com, starframediscs.com, and use the code ONO to get five percent off.
1: So two different things you can do if you want to support us. Or we have an awesome Patreon. So jumping right into it, I want to give a huge shout out to all the disc golf media creators. Mostly the big, you know, like three or four um Jomez, gatekeeper media gk pro central coast disc golf disc golf network i can't think ace run pro there's one more that i can't that's slipping me but they do such a good job of getting media out the next day ready for us to watch most of the commentators other than disc golf network obviously they're not playing but most of the commentators for the youtube post produced coverage are all players that have played in that tournament that day and then they go on And talk about it for usually at least, you know, 45 to an hour a piece. So it's a lot of insight into their game and them as a person, really. Yep. And I just can't imagine editing that much video in time. I have a really quick turnaround. Watched? Well, think about it. It has to be watched by the commentators. And then the commentator has to be edited also. And it's just, it's like, it's just blew my mind the other day when I was watching Joe Mez or GK Pro. And then on top of that, the GK Pro does the skins match. You know, they do the practice rounds. They do so much to make sure we have disc golf coverage. Hashtag blessed. Yeah. The amount of
0: content that's come out this year has been awesome.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I know, I know there's always going to be complaints about what they could and what they can't do. But I, for one, am so thankful for the ability I have to watch the live coverage. Even though there's things I wish I could change about it, I am happy where it's at. And I'm happy to pay that little amount of money I pay per month and hopefully to help them improve. True story. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, so if you guys didn't pick up on my big thank you and shout out. I didn't get to play a lot of disc golf this week. So I watched a lot of disc golf this week. <laughs> and how did that feel? It was very sad. I, I was camping with the family, which is great. Um, and I kind of threw around the park a little bit, but it's just not the same. I kind of like created some holes in my mind and messed with them. And cause it, it's kind of like, As far as my area goes, it's one of my dream places to set up a course, although a lot of the places that I remember as a kid, it's like way overgrown, and you can't even put a disc golf basket there anymore, so. Gotcha. it, It would need a lot of work, but it's still, I think I found about like six like holes that could just be, a basket could be placed, and you could run with it right from there without having to change anything. Other than maybe putting a sign that says, like, flying disc area so people right. don't get smacked. But It's a really beautiful property. It's a it's a campground, obviously. Um, they just, like, installed a beach throughout the whole place. And then they have walking trails. Um, they have this big, wide open, just to, like, it would be like, you know, like the big bomb fairway. That would be, you know, everyone would be licking their chops, waiting to get to that hole to throw it as hard as they could. Gotcha. Sounds like you need to talk to somebody, get some baskets in there. Uh, from what I hear, those people aren't really interested in doing new things. They like it. They like what they got, and they're not interested in messing with it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so I think event what would the idea would be is to build around the campground, you know, like in little towns around the campground, you know, get like little nine holes set up, then they can see how successful it is there and then be like, Hey, eighteen hole course,
0: your right. property.
1: Build an, build a real one up here. Let's go. <laughs> right. So that's that's cool. the dream.
0: I had the opposite week. Uh, this past week, I played a lot of disc golf, like every day over the past week. I didn't play over the weekend, really, but finally getting my putting back in order. It's not, not completely broken anymore, so that's
1: that's good. How many different courses did you play?
0: Four or five, somewhere in there.
1: What was your best round?
0: Depends on what you would say is the best, quote-unquote best.
1: I don't know. Uh, I was going to say what I want. I just want to hear what you thought was your best round. Like, what is the round that you are most proud of?
0: This morning, I played pretty okay at Village Greens. I shot five under, which that was my goal going into it. So I would say that one. Stonks. Yeah, I had, like, three makeable putts that I missed. But I did, you know, hit, like, five of them. So that was good. Had a couple circle two looks that didn't even hit metal or anything. So... Need to get that uh a little bit more dialed in. But I have a, a new jump putt. It's almost kind of like Drew Gibson's jump putt. Pretty much Run exactly. Run me through it. Uh, I don't know. Staggered footsteps, you know, just outside your shoulders. Uh, Right foot just in front of the left foot. I'm basically pushing completely off of my right foot and then, like, landing on my right foot. It's kind of coming from your, your center, uh, below your belly button.
1: I feel like that's a lot like Yuli's, too.
0: Yeah, same same kind of thing. Okay. It's like a, it's a nose, not always t- based on the elevation, but typically it's like a kind of a nose down. You put it just above the top of the basket, and it just dives right at it. And it's just, I've been hitting some putts lately. So, but yeah, that, that would be my, probably the good round. I did have a, uh, we did this little, course ken carl it's just like a little nine hole course did an emac only true or emac truth only round there but then afterwards that we did a just one putter and then i grabbed a zone too so i had my emac judge and then a zone and i shot like six under so that that felt pretty good hmm. yeah it's just a little shorty course great for upshots it's almost like a mini disc golf course you know mm-hmm. but not quite yeah there's one hole that's over 300 it just goes down, like, the middle of it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting. There's some gaps to hit. There's some lines to hit. So it's not, like, the easiest course in the world, but it is all really short. Like,
1: I can throw a hyzer on 75% of the holes with my zone. Kyle, if you haven't heard, likes to throw hyzers. They're easy. It's his favorite thing in the world. It's a lot easier than throwing flat. I'm pretty sure that if he ever has a kid, he's going to name his kid hyzer.
0: That that'd be a good name actually.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the idea, Eric. Yeah, that'll be the next dog's name. <laughs> Zone Heiser. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, so we had two completely different disc golf weeks. I even missed out on leagues and I'm super sad about it. Sad day.
0: But Oh, the the negative 5 round was during a tag match too, so that was cool. You What'd you get? I got my exact same one back. Oh. (laughs) I got second second place. I just had like the second highest for both. So I just got my stuff back. It happens. It's like literally the third week in a row that I've gotten my own tag back. So it's okay. There's like over 600 in the dragon tags. So I have like 273, I think. So I'm I'm cool with that. Anything under 300, I'm super cool with. It's a lot of tags. It's so many tags, and and then I have the sixth car, Matchbox car. He does a little Matchbox yeah. car league. So, interesting. Way too fun. Yeah, he's getting up to. I think he's in the thirties for his cars. Oh wow! So it's it's
1: building, dude. It's it's building. It's it's been really good. Yeah, even like ten would be cool, but getting up to thirties really sweet.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of, I mean, not 30 people are showing up every week. We I think this week we had like 15 or something, but last week we had over 20, you know, so.
1: Having that many people just interested, you know.
0: Yeah, the disc golf community
1: around here is huge. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. <laughs> it's a whole lot different. He lives in a completely different disc golf world than I do.
0: Yeah, there are like, Amazing courses and there are definitely some good tournaments going on in Michigan, don't get me wrong. It's just yeah. a little bit different, a little bit more sparse. Yeah.
1: In terms I would of the say population
0: of people. Maybe. I don't like know.
1: Like the tri city area in Michigan is probably one of the better areas. I know there's like better disc golf courses, but as far as like good courses within uh like an easy region there's like a decent amount of courses. Like that's and none very of them true. are like amazing or like top level, but they're all pretty good and they're all a lot of fun, especially for, you know, amateur level players.
0: And they do all present
1: quite different challenges. Mhm. I would say a decent amount of them are lefty or forehand friendly though.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right.
1: But that's okay. It makes it more fun for me.
0: If you know how to throw a flex line,
1: yeah. Or a huge turnover. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump into Ledgestone. The Ledgestone Insurance Open happened this past weekend.
0: Is it the Discraft Ledgestone Insurance Open?
1: Yeah, I think it's the I think it's the Ledgestone Insurance Open presented by Discraft. Gotcha. Something. Unless you're looking at it right now, then who cares? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the Ledgestone Insurance Open just happened. Uh, new course got put in Northwood Black, and it is definitely the hardest course on tour. No, like if fans or butts, there's no arguing it. It is such a hard course. <laughs> I, I 100% agree. There was people. I was looking through some of the stats. There's people round three that took what would it be plus five. They took plus five on on holes there, and there's people who took like. They dropped like forty to fifty spots on in round three playing at Northwood Black, and that's just and it's not just like random people. You know, it's like Nate Perkins and like Eric Oakley and Paul Macbeth. Yeah, Paul Macbeth, like just so he lost many his people mind. took such high numbers. Did you? Uh, and
0: he missed a putt at one point and just punched his putter that was on the ground.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, he's mad. Paul McBeth said in the press conference, he played it, like, a week or two before that, and he told Nate, he's like, this is going to be unplayable. Like, there's no way we're going to be able to play this at a professional level. And then he played his practice round. He said, well, it's playable. So, if playable is all it is, then, I don't know. Quote, unquote, playable. I mean, it's obvious. I... It's cool to see the score separation, but that much of a score separation is a little tough to kind of get behind for me. I loved it. I thought it was
0: pretty. I don't know if the word is like impressive that like you know negative five was a hot round for the entire first day. Kevin Jones, shout out. That was at Northwood like, Black. Yeah. Yep. Day hmm. one at Northwood. Crazy. I didn't know that. Right. And uh, because he had the hot round for the day until Calvin came along, and all, did he get better than that? Did he hit seven? Uh,
1: well, what did he hit? Yeah, Calvin hit seven on day two, and then Calvin or Kyle Klein hit eight under on round three.
0: So it's not just playable; it is attackable. It's just you have to be, I guess, either like extremely talented like Calvin or or Kyle or you know lucky. Just play a really conservative game. I don't know. Round one was at Eureka Lake. I know. I'm saying like
1: it was the first round at
0: Northwood Black.
1: Oh, okay. I get what you That's saying. what I meant by that. Ah, that makes more sense because I was like, I don't. There's there was no two way rounds at each course was what I meant. Mm-hmm. Well, but, there was I mean, supposed to be two rounds, but we'll get into that.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We might as well get into that now. Good transition, Eric.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Kyle Klein. <laughs> Shooting the hottest (laughs) round, getting himself to four back from the leader, and then showing up on the final day and burdening the first five holes and taking the lead, and then lightning struck. Literally. Yeah. And ended all of his chances. It was one of the
0: saddest weather delays so far in disc golf,
1: I think. Yeah. Mainly one. I mean, me and Kyle are pretty biased. We are huge Kyle Klein fan. Kyle We are huge Kyle Klein fans. He's a Michigan kid, he's young. We love watching him bomb. And both of us, I'm sure, were just so sad to see him his hopes and dreams just crushed by the lightning. It was very disappointing because I was
0: so excited to see him actually doing it actually pushing from the chase card and just like all this lead card was struggling already and it was just like the perfect circumstance for him to start just dominating could not have been more disappointed shout out Kyle
1: Klein get him on the next one man I mean there was a chance that he shot a perfect round at Eureka Lake I mean I know it's it's. You know, it's a small chance it's a hard course, but there's a chance.
0: (sighs) Anyway, uh, yeah, so there was a weather delay. They actually called it an hour and a half before the storm got there. So they could have played for about another hour.
1: Yeah, all they needed to do was get to hole 13, so. It
0: could have happened. It could have happened. I don't understand what happened there, but it could have happened.
1: The, uh, yeah, I guess Eagle said the rule is if everyone gets at least past hole 13, then they count hole 13 and back, but. Right. It's in the rules. Yeah. I didn't look up any of the rules.
0: I did. Mm. I can send you the form. But it's pretty, pretty ridiculous how it happened, too. They just didn't really put out any updates the entire time, so like. There was, like, 3,000 people watching the live stream on YouTube of it, just, like, the replay of stuff from earlier. And the chat was just, like, so toxic. It was disgusting. Uh, (laughs) People were just so angry that there had been no update for literally two hours. And then people started coming on the chat and being like, you just called it. You just called it. Like, oh, they finally called it. And it's like they're not even going to announce it. Ten minutes later, they announced it on Disc Golf Network. It's like that was kind of ridiculous, guys.
1: Hopefully they learn.
0: Yeah. Cuz like that it just seemed wildly unprofessional to me. Not to disparage Disc Golf Network, thanks again for all of the wonderful content that you guys have provided. Live disc golf has been amazing this year and every other facet has been fantastic. But when you have a weather delay and you have thousands of people trying to like watch their favorite players see if they're going to finish and you don't really know what is going on for multiple hours it gets a little bit frustrating
1: yeah now now they have two co-champions so now we have two co-champions and this will this will kind of ruin it but I don't care I want to want to talk about this Ricky and Calvin Heinberg tied at 17 under after round 3 now they're just co-champions. That like that never happens. They always have a playoff or top spot. So it's just... It's really weird. It's just kind of like... Eh. And I know there's there's nothing they can do. I'm not blaming anybody for this. But I would like to talk about what changes they can start making going forward to stop this from happening.
0: I think the easiest thing would be if there is a tie for first allow them a playoff in a you know uh general whatever location just anywhere go let those two play in a playoff format what why why not
1: yeah i think that would be would be good um moving forward with disc golf getting bigger a lot of these top disc golfers a lot of the people kind of up up top that would be battling it out and wanting to finish this last round will be making more money that they could possibly, you know, people can stay and we can redo the whole round on Monday or, you know, start where we left off with on Monday. Um, But right now, some of the people who are still kind of up there don't have the ability to just to drop whatever they're doing. Right. And all the volunteers and everything play. Yep. Yeah. And play disc golf. I mean, they could find some way to make it work, but, with the state that the disc golf is in right now, it's not exactly—it's like plausible, but not practical to do it. Right. So,
0: yeah, for the entire
1: field. Yeah. Yep. So those are and I and like, I get that too, but
0: yeah. I was just saying, just just for the top two, you could go to oh, Idlewild yeah. and like go play Idlewild for the playoff for mm-hmm. Ledgestone. You know what I mean? If they're both there, because they're both going to yeah. be there.
1: Uh, I, yeah. Anyway. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. I that I hope they at least do that. I know they're not going to. But I was just speaking. Yeah. Speaking in general. I hope to see kind of that change coming up in the future. That disc golf will get big enough that it makes sense for people to stay the. Extra It'll be their day. jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think it was just how close Idlewild was to Ledgestone as well. They just didn't have a lot of travel time. Yeah. By the time you, yeah, if you're a day late to Idlewild, you're missing out on practice rounds and. Right.
0: Like Paige Pierce was saying that she was driving immediately afterwards to go. Hopefully, she was. She said she was hopefully going to get a practice round in that night. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, they're trying to get out there
1: as soon as they can. Idlewild's a tough course, so I believe it.
0: But last thing, yeah. Sad,
1: sad Kyle Klein noises. Uh, good job, buddy. And then I got one more thing. After watching Northwood Black, we're circling back around to the beginning. I would love to see the pros compete on a. Northwood Black level difficult level of difficulty course, but everything's a par three. Like they're all they're all reachable in two, you know, for the for a birdie, but they're like you have to hit that line perfectly. I don't necessarily want to see a bunch of manufactured like out of bounds or anything like that, but you gotta hit the line perfectly to park it and get that to you. I think that would be such a cool like everything's a birdie or die. But it's such a difficult that you're not going to be that mad at taking a bar. Does that make sense?
0: I think so. So you just didn't like the long bar fours? Or?
1: I, I didn't mind. I'm not. This is like completely different from, from like I'm not dissing Northwood Black in this part. I'm just saying I think it'd be so cool to see all of those short holes, you know, where where things can be kind of aced run and parked. But there's also just like the chances of taking like, yeah, like where three isn't that bad. Kind right. of on a course. Yeah, because if be you sweet.
0: kick in the wrong direction, you're screwed. But if you hit the line perfectly. Oh, one other thing, too, I wanted to say. Uh, Drew Gibson was throwing a buzz like Everywhere. off of every tee. <laughs> and I was just like, that's exactly what I'd be doing with the truth right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be throwing it 500 feet. Don't get me wrong. but
1: Drew, if you're listening, get an EMAC truth. Yeah, you might do better with it. So, throw
0: that buzz in the trash.
1: Anyway (laughs) Taking home third was Eagle McMahon at 16 under And then like we said earlier Ricky and Calvin tied for first at 17 under Which is weird to say But it happened
0: Disappointing
1: (laughs) Um, The FPO managed to finish all their rounds Because they played in the morning Sarah Holcomb took home third at five under and the missy gannon came in at second at eight under and Paige pierce took it home with a whopping 19 under destroyed it destroyed it dominant performance mm-hmm. there's there i mean especially i think they finished their last round was on northwood black i'm pretty sure or was it sunset hills they were on black the northwood black okay group. So they finished at Northwood Black. So I feel like her going in there with a lead like that was just like, yeah, there's there's no chance. Yeah, because she went in with what like eleven eleven stroke lead or something like that. Yeah, she was she was far above, and nobody had a chance. No, no, she could have bogeyed half of the holes, yeah, and still won. Yep. So
0: yeah, she did fantastic. She said, "Uh, you know, she started off kind of shaky, but then she hit that eagle, and then it was just like, it was all just hitting from
1: there. So hopefully mm-hmm. she'll be able to take that confidence moving forward. I'm sure she will. She'll be able to, to turn something up. Yeah, but it's cool to see Paige Pierce back on top. Hopefully, Haley King and Katrina and, you know, Missy Gannon will start pushing on her. Kona Panis, I'd love to see back up top, kind of battling it out, so... Yeah, Katrina had a rough, rough outing. Yeah, she'll shake it off, though. Yeah, yeah. Not too much I want to talk about at the Masters World Championships. Um, It was just all the 40 and plus like divisions that were playing out for for a championship. A couple cool things happened. David Feldberg took home the male 40s. And he called his final score of 60 under after, I think, like six rounds or something. So it's just like a lot of people asked him, you know, what it was going to take to win. And his exact answer was 60 under at least. And he scored 60 under. So thought that was pretty interesting. The dude knows how to play disc golf. <laughs> yep. Was excited to see Own Scoggins at first for the females over 40 uh she you know she does pretty good for playing in the FPO normally so it was exciting to kind of see her you know take home a championship and then Barry Schultz which you have probably seen him on some of the Innova t- discs he's a two times world champion uh he is the first pro to be a pro worlds pro world 40 plus and pro world 50 plus champ so that's you know we're we're here for disc golf history so it yeah, was that's cool a, that's that's huge so uh-huh. and then I was kind of looking through the scores and who competed and it was pretty cool to see PDGA numbers all the way down in like the sixties and sixty sevens and, you know, like just barely entering the hundreds and then there was also people competing that had, you know, like a hundred thousand numbers. So it's just like people who have you know, from all different times times of joining to play disc golf competing against each other was I thought it was pretty cool to see, yeah, it's like the growth of the
0: sport plus the history of the sport,
1: yep, yeah. yeah, well, I mean there was All like ones. six sixty five plus people, like the sixty sixty five plus division there was people who were like in like the one forties one hundred and forty thousands, so like yeah. they joined last year or something, right. and they're like yeah i'm going to i'm going to go to 65 plus worlds i don't even care and that i don't know i just just trying to picture me as some old fart like oh yeah i'm getting out there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah dude there's you can play until you're like i think there's 70 plus divisions yep. so
1: 70 plus was the highest one at pro worlds like that's awesome can you, i can't yep. imagine
0: being that old and still i can't wait
1: yeah, we have a, Michigan has a local legend that people talk about. He plays, I think, in the 60 plus and they call him like the Flash or something. I can man, his name is slipping my mind, but it sounds cool. Yeah, he was playing at the Freeland Open I was at, and a lot of people were like, excited because they got the chance to play with him. because there's only two people in the 60-plus division, so he got they got like thrown in to play with, I think, like MA4 or something. He played good. I think he pretty, like, 99.9% sure he played better than I did. So wow. that is all I really have about the Pro Worlds, Master, Pro Master Worlds. If people would like to watch that, where would they find it? Uh, You can go onto YouTube and on the PDGA channel, they have a lot of the MP40 and the FP40 up there. And I think there's still more coming. It's hard to tell. But you can at least check out what's there and look for more in the future.
0: Three, two, one. Top five. five. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Today we're doing top 5 get out of jail discs. So if you need to scramble, listen to this list or if you, you know, you're a little bit of a sprinkler for
1: your drives, listen to this list. And we aren't professional disc golfers, but I would say I'm a good scrambler. Maybe not professional level, but like I don't know, I'm pretty good at it.
0: For me, I would consider it the strongest part of my game. Yep. So, I'm right there with you. I can't we drive end up, for shit, but man, if I if it's an upshot
1: for some reason, we end up off the fairway a lot. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's a nice we way know. of saying that. Yeah, I'm really good at scrambling.
1: <laughs> we know what we're doing here. Yeah. So, uh, we kind of built this list together um halfway
0: yeah, and then we just disagreed, so the number one is completely split,
1: but everything else we kind of went together. So, my first one is the AVRX3, it's kind of like a baby zone, it has a little bit less fight to it, so it'll hold that like Annie line for quite a bit longer, and that's uh, that's, uh kind of what I use it for. And I
0: chose for my number five, well, the same, it's that same number five. It's kind of a combined list, but also kind of a separate list. Yeah, I chose Berg. Uh, I use it the same. We're just, we chose discs that we use that were different discs, but in the same way. Yeah. So my, same thing with the Berg. It doesn't fade at, as much as my zones at all. And I really use it in specific situations where I need to sit flat uh, on a hill or on any kind of Slope.
1: Yeah. Basically. I might use a Berg, but I don't. Yeah, you gave me yours, so how would you? Uh, I mean, they look so cool. and I always
0: try to talk myself into buying another one, but I'm like... I can always bring the green one back if you want it. I do use it from time to time, but I haven't had it, like, in the bag.
1: Yeah, I think if I want a Berg, I would want, like, that base plastic. It beats in really
0: nicely. I will say that. Yeah. So. It's getting, like... Huddly to the point where it almost kind of feels like my harp was. Uh-huh. It's much more, uh, it has a lot more structural integrity on the rim, though. It doesn't, like, fold like my harp did. Cast
1: a plast. Our number four are basically the same disc, just by different manufacturers, made for the same thing. I picked the Raptor, and Kyle picked
0: a Firebird.
1: Yes. So uh... I have a 2020 sexy chicken in my bag. And I have a first run and a twenty twenty one Tour Series Raptor. Mainly, is usually for when I need to get really far around a like a blind corner. Right. I use them for other stuff, but the main use is like aim it like low at the ground and let it get that big kind of flare skip. Usually forehand, but
0: uh... yeah, it's just something I need to get it left and spiky if I, too. Yeah. It oh, yeah. definitely spikes, like the edge of the disc really fights toward the ground more than my Thunderbirds, so I've been using it more in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I also try to like tombstone it into the ground sometimes.
0: Right. Like if you don't want to
1: skip, that mm-hmm. disc can be yep. perfect for that. Yeah. Almost
0: kind of like a lawn dart
1: feel. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, pretty much no matter how hard I throw the Raptor, I think about three hundreds the max with it.
0: Oh, for sure. It's not a very On far the...
1: disc, but... Yeah, so, so it's like if I have like a hole that's like about 300 out and I have room to go to the right too. I know this isn't scrambling, but it's kind of like that perfect disc. If I can swing it out to the right, I can throw it like full power and I know when it's coming back. So
0: For scrambling too, I have used it, uh, if it's a little bit farther than I want to throw a zone or it's like a more significant angle. Or like I can't, I don't, you know, I'm not feeling the justice for that kind of shot. It's a little bit farther. I'll break out the Firebird.
1: Yeah, no, they're both they're both good. Um, especially if you can like for like forehand flex shots, it just fights yeah. back so much harder than like a zone will. True story. Well, I'm sure backhand too, but I just my scramble does not include backhand very much. So, oh, mine does. Yeah, no, mine pretty much all forehand for my scramble i mean i do if i have to but not often number three
0: i'm gonna lead it off emac truth that thing will put it put it on any line you want it it was in the opening we don't need to really talk about
1: it too much more oh the truth (laughs) i was thinking it was the judge (laughs)
0: no Um. no i I would i would say i would use the emac judge for like Jump putts, scrambling. Yeah, because you, you, well, you know me, I like I like my jump putts within about a hundred feet. So,
1: well, yeah, so that's what I picked. I picked the logic for those longer putts. It's a little bit straighter than my P two. My logic is starting to just absolutely get beat to hell and pretty crazy flippy. So, like a very light, just flick of the wrist will will move it pretty far. So that I mostly use it for my scramble putts. If I have a small window. I need to push it through. Yeah, but for me, like
0: it's more of like my truth. I can like I have a really flippy one, so if I put it on a hyzer and power up just a tiny bit, it'll flip right up. But I do yeah. have like an over overstable one too, so that one's more of like if I put it on pretty much any line, it'll just hold it. So yeah, nope,
1: I agree with that the EMAC truth is a good scrambled disc, just because it's that workhorse mid range that if you aren't throwing it, you should be throwing it. Go go get one today.
0: We're not sponsored,
1: but you understand how important your workhorse mid ranges. You can use it on a lot of different shots, and those are our workhorse mid ranges. So we use it on every shot. We find a use for
0: quote unquote mid range
1: goes just as yes. far as a fairway driver, P- putts and just you as can easily as a putter. Putt with it. Yep,
0: it's just it's a it's a Swiss Army disc. Mm-hmm. But I I my comparable to the logic would definitely be that, you know, Emac judge. I just didn't even think of it that way. But just I just use that for jump putts. So I don't really consider I don't know if that's considered scrambling. Is it?
1: Um, I was just thinking like when I end up in the rough, like, you know, thirty five, forty, fifty feet from the basket, and I don't have like a clean, you know, clean line to putt, like if I'm shooting around a bunch of stuff, I consider it scrambling, but Gotcha. If you're just like 100 feet wide open to the basket, then not really. You just are short. Right. Or long. Or 100 feet long. <laughs> or 100 feet to the right? or Yeah. yeah who knows? <laughs> Name a thing. <laughs> Here is where, oh, well, quickly, I want to do an honorable mention for the tilt. It is one of the best scramble discs out there. The only reason it didn't make the list is it has a very specific use. And I don't come into that 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 bad of situations. It's like if you don't know how to throw a grenade or have no interest in learning, buy a Tilt and use it for grenade shots. Other than that, what would you use it for? A little, you can just like throw it. Straight up and down, and it'll pretty much just go straight. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, there is. There's 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 a lot of different. I've done it like a like a. I've used it for a scuba like putt thing just to like get out of out of crap because I couldn't stand anywhere else. And it's right. got me pretty much anytime I needed it, it worked. But I don't need it that much. You can do all of that stuff with other discs without having the tilt.
0: Which brings us to our number ones. Because we skipped number two. Yep. <laughs> we're both right. So we can't be wrong. So we're both going to have number one. Don't listen to Kyle.
1: He is Just wrong. don't
0: listen to Eric. He's wrong and I'm right.
1: <laughs> Everyone's going to agree with Kyle. And I'm okay with that. Because I'm better than that. Because I'm smarter than Kyle.
0: Burn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kyle, what is your favorite get-out-of-jail-free-card.
0: My favorite get-out-of-free-jail-card disc is the Zone. Boo. (laughs) Fuck your booze, you ghost. I beg Zones. Okay, everyone will agree (laughs) with me. The Zone is the perfect disc. There is no better quote-unquote putter out there. It can fly right up to about 300 feet for me comfortably and I carry it in a few different plastics I have one that goes very straight one that's you know right in the middle and then a pretty freaking overstable one so no matter what shot I need forehand backhand a flexi forehand a flexi backhand just a straight shot any kind of scramble like earlier today I I, uh, I had to stretch out I was behind a bush and I had to, I had to literally take a knee to get around this bush, and I just released my. I have like a base plastic zone, and that thing will just hold an anti line for like ninety percent of the flight, and then land flat. And I did that from about seventy ish feet away, and it just was perfect, two feet from the basket. I'm telling you, if you don't have a zone yet,
1: right after you buy an EMAC truth, go buy a zone. I have no problem with zones. Then why'd you boo it? They're not. ...what I use for scrambling often. It's usually, like I said in the beginning... avrx 3 kind of replaces the zones for my scrambling. I use the zones off the tee... ...when I can really kind of crank on it. My favorite scramble disc is the AGL Baobab. This thing is like if a tilt and a zone had a baby. It is ridiculously overstable... ...and I use it for so many different shots... It has a sweet forehand roller. Shout out to Big Germ. I know he's a fan of the forehand hand rollers. It's, I I don't know, it's so rubbery. It just grabs the ground. It still is like just stupid overstable. Any line you throw it on, it fights out of it right when you need it to. Sounds like my overstable zone, but, I mean, to each their own. I have a lot of overstable zones, <laughs> and the Baobab. Clears the Cleans the table of them. So, Justice? Nope. For the people who don't know who AGL is, the RPM Stego is almost the same thing. So, I'm sure everybody's heard of a Stego. People say it's useless. They just don't know how to throw a disc. Sorry, guys. Getting and real that's why we had
0: two number ones, because we could not
1: agree that... <laughs> One of ours was better than the other. So To be fair, Kyle doesn't know. He says he's never thrown a Baobab. I've thrown I a I said I threw it
0: once. I threw it once. I've thrown a and zone it was And it was quite stable. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like... I don't think it was anything too crazy. But that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Just remember, I am the one who's thrown plenty of zones and plenty of Baobabs. I know what I'm talking about. Anyway... And- Eric's always wrong, so <laughs> yep, what very stubborn anyway, that was our top five. Let us know what your favorite get out of jail free disc is what is the one that you're stuck behind a tree, you're stuck off in the rough, and you would do anything just to make part on this hole. What do you throwing? Maybe I'll put out a question on the Instagram, yeah, it'd be a good uh advertising for the episode when it comes out so look out on wednesday on the instagram
0: and that's episode 29
1: yeah 29 today
0: we talked about some random disc golf shit ledge stone and top five get out of the jail free
1: discs if you can't get enough of us here make sure to check out all our social medias we have an instagram a facebook a twitter a tiktok a youtube and a patreon if you're looking to buy some of our merch, head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash oh no disc golf. If you're looking to buy some of our merch, head on over to our Teespring store, teespring.com slash stores slash oh no disc golf. Use the code oh no for free shipping. Also, head on over to Starframe Disc Golf at starframedisc.com and make sure to you use your code oh no for 5% off.
0: One little final announcement. we uh. Always want to support uh, shows around us. If you haven't listened to it yet, my partner just started a podcast with her best friend. It's called Science with Millennials. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. We'll
1: be guests soon.
0: We will. So check us out over there, and we'll let you know when uh, that will be appearing, and then we're actually going to have them on our show as well. So it'll be a nice cross-collaboration.
1: Unfortunately for them, I don't know a lot about science.
0: Luckily it's okay because we're going to be talking with a scientist so she's a chemist and that was
1: episode 29
0: if you made it to this point in the episode as always you are my absolute favorites thank you for listening thank you however you are listening in a car on a boat on a train on a plane we appreciate you and eric thanks for being here That was an awesome episode. Episode 29
1: in the books. Might be our best one ever.
0: Best one. Best one ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Catch you on the flip side, buddy.